Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into Real Fun Sports, presented by Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. I'm Courtney Lachlan, alongside Kelly Collis. Kelly, every time that we do this on a Wednesday, I'm like shocked, but in a good way, that we still have sports to talk about because I'm waiting for that day um, where there's like not a ton of sports action happening. Um, so I'm always excited that it's Wednesday and that we have some exciting sports news to cover. <laughs> yes, totally. And of course, it's, you know, in my world, it's all about the World Series. <laughs> yes. So we have some World Series updates, Kelly, that you're going to give us everything that's happening um, between the Tampa Bay Rays and the L.A. Dodgers. I heard that there was some history made last night during game one. Um, you're going to give us some news about, I guess, a fan favorite Nats player about um, his house that we're going to get to in a little bit on the show. Um, then in some hockey news, again, I'm always just shocked that we still have some NHL things to talk about. I guess maybe a little bit more sad news for some hockey fans out there we'll get to. Um, long time play by play doc Mike Doc Emmerich is retiring. We'll get to some news about the king. I heard he took a little visit um, to your stomping grounds, Kelly, and that's Henrik Lundquist. And then a special joint, a special guest will be joining us, Keith Jones, NBC analyst. So we actually have a lot of things to get to. So Kelly, the floor is yours. Give us an update. What's happening with the World Series and baseball? Oh, it was such a fun game one yesterday, and it's all about Mookie Betts. I mean, he had this incredible game last night. Of course, he's with the Dodgers, and he broke a record that I didn't even really know existed because it's 99 years old. He is the first player since Babe Ruth to steal two bases and a walk in a World Series game. Um, before we even go any further, can you say the name again? <laughs> <laughs> his name is Mookie Betts. Uh, his it's a nickname. Huh. His real name is Marcus Lynn, and he just goes by Mookie. Okay, I was going to ask what um, nationality is he, but okay, so it's a nickname. Yes, it's it's a, it's a nickname. So he is incredible. He was traded um, from the Red Sox, so he is um, quite uh, well known in all of baseball. And a little known fact: Babe Ruth, of course, was traded from the Red Sox. So the irony uh, that's coming out of Game One and sort of some draws to history is kind of cool to see. But Mookie Betts didn't just do that; he had two home runs. He was an incredible player in, in the outfield defensively. He's insane. He's just so much fun to watch. And why I'm getting so excited about this is because uh, headlines came out this week that both the NHL, NBA, and MLB have had record low viewing. Mm. Um, over the last several weeks. And I think when you have a player like this, whether you're a Dodgers fan or a Tampa Bay fan, he's just one of those players that you just love to watch. If you love baseball, it's all about Mookie Betts. So that was exciting to see him sort of come out of the gate and uh, have an incredible game one. Now he's their cleanup hitter. He grabs the first. Throw home and not in time. Around the tag is Betts. The time. Great base running by Mookie Betts, and it's 3-1 to one Dodgers here in the fifth inning. Fielder's choice off the bat of Muncie in the RBI. Yeah, and it, of course I didn't mention that the Dodgers did win game one. I mean, that's just kind of <laughs> like went without saying after you have an incredible yeah. player like that. It's worth noting, though, going into the World Series, another thing that's kind of interesting to watch is that both these teams were number one in their divisions, which doesn't happen very often, you know, with all the playoff berth and the wild card. Um, and 
Tampa Bay Rays have one of the lowest payrolls for players in all of MLB, and the Dodgers have one of the highest. So you really are seeing hmm. this really interesting uh, clash of these games, and, I, and I'm really hoping that the Dodgers don't just sweep it. I want to go to Game 7 and see some great baseball. So, But right now it is all about Mookie Betts, and because he had a stolen base, that means the whole world, or at least everyone in the United States, gets a free taco thanks to Taco Bell. In the United States, everybody. Everybody, yes. So if, you, if the base is stolen – uh, during the World Series, you get a free taco. All you have to do is download the app and show them the app when you go into Taco Bell, or you can just walk into the store on October 28th, and they'll give me out free tacos. I don't know if I've ever heard of like a, a sweepstakes or a, a thing like that that has happened world or countrywide. Yeah, it's it's kind of exciting. Wow, yeah. have you done it? Have you gotten a free taco yet? Not yet, but I do have the app <laughs> downloaded. <laughs> so thanks, Mookie. <laughs> That's actually really awesome. What a cool thing that they're doing. Um, Kelly, real quick about after you watched Game One, did you feel like the excitement level was elevated at all after watching all of the playoffs and now the World Series? Um. You know, a little bit. There's fans yeah. in the stands, which, you know, obviously is making a big difference. Um, you also are seeing the Dodgers, while I'm not the biggest fan of them for a lot of reasons, they've gone to the World Series a couple times in recent years and have not won. They haven't won since 1988. And then on the flip side, then you have a team like Tampa Bay that has this, you know, these players that are not paid a lot of money and um, are also in it. So there is sort of this, like, David Goliath thing going on that mm. adds to the excitement. So, for sure. Well, I what's the schedule? I think I got to watch this Mookie well, Betts guy. <laughs> so, um, it's funny. We were looking at it because they don't have to travel. Um, right. So, there, you don't have this day off. But there is a day off on Thursday. Um, my husband and I got into in a discussion whether it was because of the debate or because of Thursday night football. It might have been both. Or a combination, knows? yeah. <laughs> so, but other than that, other than Thursday, you can expect to see baseball until someone wins. Exciting. Yes. Yeah. So, yep. I'm going to honestly, you've got me so intrigued about this Mookie Betts guy just yeah, because I, of his name. I know. I know. <laughs> and in fact, just a little side note, my, I've got uh, two, a niece and two nephews. And when they were like learning to speak, I'm like, why don't you call me just Aunt Mookie? Because I think mean, Mookie is such a cool thing after Mookie Betts because he was with the Red Sox at the time. Um, because, like, you know, that's just like a cool thing. Mookie. Yeah. But it didn't so do they? Me. Are you it's, Aunt Mookie? It's, it's, it's it, like now it's a joke, like when they want something from me. <laughs> so, I like that. Well, uh, you know, you always call me Locker. So, you know, you guys have nicknames for me on this and on Real Fun DC when I'm on in the morning. So you know, my nickname for you might be Mookie now. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> Especially okay. if he becomes MVP, that, that would be great. <laughs> okay, I love that. Awesome. Um, but there's also news about the Nats. So we have an opportunity to talk about the Nats just real quick. Um, there's been some movement in some of the coaching staff uh, in the offseason. But uh, nice headline. Thank you, uh, Tommy, who's playing our, our field producer here or digital producer. I thought this was a family-friendly show. Nats get a hickey is the headline here. Um, so his name is Jim Hickey, and he will be a uh, pitching coach, which is desperately needed. Um, and he worked with Martinez, who is, of course, the Nats manager, and they worked together for many years um, when they were both with the Rays. 
And from what I understand about him from multiple sources, he's kind of has that same sense of humor as Martinez as far as being, you know, having a sense of humor, talking to the media. He shoots from the hip and just, you know, a real honest guy. So it will be exciting to see him um, kind of tackle such an important part of, of the Nats, which is, of course, their pitching uh, which they kind of have struggled with this past season and in seasons past. I mean, not last year because we're still the World Series champions, but um, we still are. <laughs> yeah, we, we still are. At least for a couple more days. Oh gosh, well um, embrace it. I say own it as long as you can. Uh, thank you. You know how it feels, Miss Stanley Cup. I do. I do. As long as you can. And before we get to hockey, because I know there is a lot going on in the hockey world, I want to talk about. Max Scherzer. So it's so random because the Washington Business Journal broke a story that his million, million, multi-million dollar mansion is up for sale in McLean, Virginia. And we're showing video of it now. This is from the listing. Don't worry, I didn't take my drone over there and get those photos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Although that would have been cool. Well, it's right on the Potomac. So, I mean, it's kind of doable, but restricted airspace. Anyway, um, (laughs) they are selling it for $15 million, whatever. Not that big of a deal. He has a $200 million contract with the Nats. $15 Mm -hmm. million doesn't seem like a lot. But anyway, the reason is that he's selling it. And so while this is news in itself that he's selling it, but he's got only one more year left on his existing Nats contract. That would be next season. And they just bought a house in Florida. And so there's Hmm. speculation. Now, the house in Florida is near the Nats training park. um, And he's got two little kids now. When he bought the house, he didn't. And so maybe he doesn't come back to D.C. Maybe he doesn't get an extension. He's 37 years old. So... It wouldn't be really likely that he would get an extension or a new contract. So there's just a lot of speculation about what all this means. But he still has one more year. He has one more year, but this would be his final year. Okay. But as of right now, he's supposed to play for the Nationals for the 2021-2022 season. But he doesn't have a house here in D.C., Probably. Well, I mean, assuming that his house, someone, someone right. is going to gobble up this house. I mean, it's gorgeous. Hmm. The floor to ceiling windows of the Potomac and all the greenery around it. I mean, an infinity pool. I mean, it's, it's spectacular. Uh, so that's just interesting. Um, and it does beg to go just a little bit more nerdy on this whole thing. If you look at the <laughs> pitching rotation, which was really tough this season, that leaves Corbin and Strasburg, who have contracts. I think Strasburg's until 24. So Corbin is brand new. He's until 26. Um, this is a major hole in the pitching rotation. And right now the Nats don't have anyone in their minor leagues that can really fill that hole, like a big pitcher with a, that can go deep. Uh, and go hard. And also that it's, you know, for pitching too, you got to have a mature pitcher that's right. used to be going in under pressure, used to going into a playoff world. There, There is, there's not, that does not exist right now. Do you, as, as I'm, put your Mookie hat on, <laughs> do, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> do you feel like he would retire or maybe just play out his contract and then sign somewhere else or at 37? I, I mean, just, what is the longevity of a pitcher? Yeah. I mean, it, it, pitching, especially as you can imagine, they, yeah. their, their arm gets worked pretty, pretty hard. Um, 
I don't know. Scherzer's such a competitor. He's just, you know, I always say, and I'm not the only one, but like if you see him when he's not playing, he's pacing the bullpen. He's into the game. I mean, he he just thrives on it. So I don't think we'll see a situation where he goes away forever. Um, but signing with another team, I don't think it's him, though, to kind of like be like the old man that doesn't get to play mm-hmm. every five games. So it will be interesting to see and, and really understand what makes him tick. Well, kudos to whoever did that amazing investigative journalism. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. No, but it's crazy when you see those it, this news, right? And then everybody just starts speculating about things after one story broke about a guy selling his house. I don't know. Maybe he's buying. Maybe he's downsizing. Who knows? <laughs> like, we don't know, right? <laughs> You're absolutely right. But everybody just speculates and makes the worst out of it, which I get. Don't get me wrong. I totally get that. But we really have no idea, right? Like, we have no idea into the lives of these professional athletes. Of course not. This is all speculation. (laughs) And actually, since there is a new player coming in from the Caps, maybe he could buy Max Scherzer's house. Now, wouldn't that be something? There you go. Um, Yeah. Henrik Lundqvist, um, as you mentioned, Kelly, is uh, the new cap that the Caps signed in free agency that – we saw, based on social media, kind of taking a little tour um, around D.C. He took his first little visit down to Washington. You can see him with his daughters. He visited the Caps practice facility. Um, and so, Kelly, we talked about investigative journalism here. If you guys are watching the video, the video on Henrik Lundqvist's Instagram is him walking down the streets of Georgetown no, with his daughter. No, that's not just oh. any street. That is oh. M Street. I know exactly where he was. <laughs> oh my! Now I know what his kids look like, and that's really unfortunate for him. <laughs> um, where is he, Kelly? And He's how right. come we didn't get the memo? I know. And I was actually your stopping out, ground. Out, I was out and about in Georgetown on Sunday. That's uh, He's on M Street between Wisconsin and 30th Street. He's in front of the paper source there and the construction they're doing where the old La Madeline is. Um, yeah, I know exactly where he is. Sprinkle Bakery. He's right before the Four Seasons. Oh, okay. So he's like at the beginning of Georgetown in D.C. Like, if you're coming from downtown. From yeah. De- yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. So that's great that he's enjoying the city. I, you know, you and I love that when we see the players kind of embrace, their, embrace the, the town and, and kind of enjoy it and get settled. And that's exciting, too, right? Because, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist is coming from New York, a big city, big lights. Um, So to see him, I guess, get acclimated with the new city that he's going to be calling home for the next year is, I think, that just makes, I think fans love to see that, right? It's He's he's part of us. He's part of the city. He's walking the same walks that we all walk. He's literally in your neighborhood. I don't know how we missed him, Kelly. We should have, you should have been out there with that hockey stick boom thing with the mic and been ready to snap a (laughs) selfie. (laughs) Totally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Max Scherzer, who knows? Maybe he's just downsizing, and maybe Hendrick Lundqvist is going to buy Max Scherzer's house um, as he is on his way to uh, be a Washington capital. So, again, exciting news for Caps fans to see Hendrick Lundqvist out and about in D.C. Um, and speaking of coaches, Kelly, I actually just saw on social media that a couple of the Caps coaches have been hired by the Seattle Kraken. So it'll be interesting to see which coaches and who fills those role. I know Tim Oshani left uh, as the head video coordinator and head video coach. um, So he'll be going out to Seattle. So more coaches, too, which is great because that means more news for us to talk about. Um, So good news, bad news. Um, Bad news, I guess, for the Caps if you are a fan of some of those coaches. But good news because we'll have more content and Caps content um, to talk about 
I want to switch gears real quick, Kelly, to talk about, I guess, the biggest news around NHL and hockey. And that was on Monday, famous voice of the NHL, Mike Doc Emmerich is retired or has retired from the broadcasting booth at 74 years old. He has been with NBC Sports for 15 years. He was the play-by-play announcer for the New Jersey Devils for 21 seasons. He called 22 Stanley Cup finals, won eight um, sports Emmy awards. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame of 2000, in 2008. I'm exhausted just re- reading this guy's resume because he is considered one of the best, um, if not the best, in sports broadcasting and play-by-play. Um, and it was kind of incredible to see his announcement, and I guess in a, a little shocking as well because it kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, But the outpour of support, I mean, this guy is so beloved in the hockey community. And Kelly, I know you might not have watched as much hockey regularly every day, but I guarantee you, if you ever watch a playoff hockey game, which I know you have, you have heard Doc Emmerich. And he's just, he's, he's eloquent the way that he sounds when he speaks, he tells such incredible stories. And so I know that he'll be really missed by everyone around sports and um, around the National Hockey League in particular. And I found this interesting because so many people were tweeting about him and sharing their stories. Um, The NHL and on NBC tweeted this over 3,750 professional game, um, professional Olympic hockey games, 100 different verbs used to describe a pass or shot. I find that incredible. Talk about looking up a thesaurus. As I mentioned, 22 Stanley Cup finals, Mike Doc Emmerich is announcing his retirement. Um, and players from around the NHL um, also reached out and sent their kind of warm wishes to Doc. TJ Oshie said, this is the first voice that comes to mind when I think of hockey. Uh, Lars Eller tweeted as, as, Doc has called so many of his goals and his playoff goals, especially in the 2018 Stanley Cup run. But this one I thought, Kelly, was was amazing. And that was Ted Leonsis tweeted about uh, Mike Doc Emmerich and, and shared his thoughts. Much love and respect to Doc Emmerich. He created a soundtrack for a generation of hockey fans, including me. Poetic, melodic, insightful, epic. He created chills for all. And so... What Ted's talking about here is a video that NBC Sports put out on Doc that Doc actually created himself. And if you haven't seen the video, um, I encourage you to go watch it because it it gives me chills, whether you're a diehard hockey fan or just a hockey fan, because Doc Emmerich himself writes this story about his experience in the NHL and how it's evolved, right? He's been calling games for 50 years. It looked a lot different 50 years ago than it did now. So here's a quick little clip um, of this video. You can go and check out the whole thing on YouTube um, on NBC Sports. But here's just a little snippet of Doc telling his story and basically saying his farewell to all of his fans in the NHL. And I especially love when the horn sounds and one playoff team has won and another, of course, hasn't. All hostility dissolves into that timeless, great display of sportsmanship, the handshake line. 60 years since I saw my first game, 50 years since I first reported on the NHL, 40 years of calling NHL games, and I am always heartened to see this. Are you crying, Kelly? I'm crying. <laughs> wow. Yes, of course I recognize his voice. That's yes. that's incredible. That's that's a, I mean, wow. What a lens to look through it, right? That that moment at the end of the season when one team wins and one team loses. 
it's incredible and it's about a five and a half minute video and the footage that NBC was able to um, pull out of of fights and of the iconic uh, players back in the 80s that he called um, I got I actually watched it like three times yesterday because I was like oh my gosh this is just because Doc Emmerich was so good at telling stories yeah. and it was great to kind of see it full come circle and him be able to tell his own story and his own goodbye video as well as doc basically um could do it and i i just know that i will always remember he's so iconic with playoffs um especially here i mean yeah i have to listen to i have to listen to my dad when he does the cats broadcast <laughs> um but doc's on the national broadcast right so especially in playoffs when the caps are ever in the playoffs i would just i will always remember his voice just because it's so it's so different and it's so unique and the way that he yells goal and scored and it was funny I was talking to my dad and one of the things that Doc would always say is meanwhile so he would describe this play and he'd be like meanwhile down at the other end Brayden Holtby made a save so I, I just I know that a lot of hockey fans out there um, will miss Doc and everybody from GMs to commissioners um, because he was such a he was such an icon and a legend in um, the hockey broadcasting and broadcasting world in general so if you haven't seen the video the link should be right up on our Facebook page down below you should check that out because it it really is um incredible uh speaking of that and speaking of Doc Emmerich Kelly I said that we were going to have a special guest on the show and so earlier today I caught up with another guy that is familiar face and voice on NBC Sports and that's former uh NHL player he spent some time in Philadelphia spent a lot of time most of his most of his career with the Washington Capitals, and he is now NBC studio analyst um, for the NHL. I had the awesome opportunity to catch up with Keith Jones, who also shares his insights on Doc and NHL free agency and, and everything happening around the NHL. Keith, thanks for coming on, but where are you? I'm in the middle of a Costco parking lot. I've got to bring back a receipt that I was double charged on. So I'm uh, anxiously anticipating going in to argue my case in a few minutes. But uh, it's it's great to be with you, Courtney, and uh, glad to talk some hockey at this time of the year. Normally, we're in the thick of things, getting the regular season started. But as we all know, it's been a different year. But uh, good to be talking some hockey right now. So, Jonesy, let's get into one of the biggest stories that broke earlier this week on Monday, and that is that renowned, world-famous um, uh, broadcaster, Doc Emmerich, has retired from the broadcasting booth. What ha what's your take on what he's meant to hockey, and what legacy do you think he's leaving behind in the hockey world? Well, he's one of the best ever, and not just in hockey. He kind of transcends all sports and was a – you know, multiple Emmy award winner going up against, you know, football, basketball, baseball, and hockey a lot of times gets shunned by those other sports. But Doc Emmerich was so good that they couldn't avoid giving him those Emmy awards. He was awesome at describing the game, cared about the game as much as he cared about doing a great job, and always was uh, respectful in the way he went about talking about the players that played the game. I was fortunate enough to have him cover me when I was playing, and then also work with him. And uh, when you got a text message from Doc Emmerich, you knew you did something right in whatever <laughs> that aspect was. So he is uh, he is an icon. It was uh, disappointing news. I will I'll yeah. tell you that. I was surprised, but did have a good conversation with him. And as Doc does, he puts everything in proper perspective. And 
he's in a good place. He's he's happy and he's ready to enjoy, you know, the latter part of his years. And he is 74 years old. So when you look at that, it does make sense, and especially under these adverse circumstances. So that's what kind of happened in the broadcasting booth on the ice. Uh, the NHL just kind of wrapped up their free agency. We saw a lot of interesting and crazy things happen with the free agency this year. Taylor Hall signed a one-year $8 million deal. Um, and that's just kind of one example. Were you surprised at all at the lack of term and the lack of money that these teams were kind of throwing out to some of these players? It's not really based upon everything that's going on around us. I do think there's some hesitation there, the uncertainty of uh, what we're facing and what's coming up next season. Uh, I think that played a, a real big part in what happened. So I, I think teams are recognizing that it's going to be, there's going to be some challenging times that are ahead of us and no one seemed to be too overly eager to overcommit to somebody, um, which I think is a trend that's going to continue as uh, the years move forward here. Uh, the one, the Taylor Hall one year deal was an interesting one. I'm sure he could have had multiple years in different places for, for less money, but he wanted to take one more chance at trying to get that, uh, deal once things settle down and hopefully by the following season we'll have a better feel for what's going on so I get it from his perspective um, I also get it from the Sabres point of view because they they want to give Jack Eichel somebody to play with that uh, can provide him an emotional boost as well as a boost on the ice so it makes sense uh, looking at the other deals obviously the Alex Petrangelo deal is the mm -hmm. one that really really stands out the most and Vegas is going for it again and that's kind of been been their M.O. since they arrived in the league three years ago. Yeah. Uh, they had to make some room moving Nate Schmidt, the former capital. And, you know, they they're not didn't get much in return for him, but they did get somebody to take his contract. And that seems to be something that's played into some of these deals as well. Any biggest losers or winners from free agency in your mind? You would think that Vegas, in my eyes, would be the biggest winner. Yeah. Um, just looking at it from a distance, Petrangelo is a world-class player and recently won the Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, he will be missed in St. Louis. There's no question about that. So I would say Vegas would be the, the biggest winner. Uh, tough to find a team that I would, you know, jumps out at me as a team that would be a loser in this. Um, I think every team's in a different situation right now. Some of them for financial reasons, probably were less motivated to make something happen. Uh, and I, I think a lot of those teams are going to rely heavily on the draft. So I'll, I'll let that play out a little bit as there's still a few names that are out there. But um, you would think the Blues would be a team that you might consider in that regard. But they did sign Tory Krug, and uh, he's going to help them a lot as well. So he's a different player than Petrangelo. Uh, he's not quite as complete and doesn't bring as much to the table, but he's a very good player. And I think he'll help uh, he'll help St. Louis try to regain their mojo that they kind of lost uh, in the abbreviated season. Well, I said that you are a man that knows a ton about hockey in the NHL. So thanks for giving your and giving all of us some insights from your perspective on what what's happening around the NHL. We are a cap show um, based here in D.C. So let's talk about the caps for a minute. Lundqvist, the king, is in D.C. He was posting Instagram videos of him walking around Georgetown the other day. What impact do you think he's going to have here for the Caps? I think it's great. I think it's a really shrewd move from the Capitals' perspective, and I'm glad that Lundqvist was open to it. I, I didn't think um, 
he was ready to end his career. I still think he has something left and that there'll be a different role for him as he tries to mentor, you know, a young up and coming number one netminder mm-hmm. and Samsonov. So I, I think it's a perfect fit. And I think the Caps have to feel pretty good about Lundqvist uh, looking at their team and deciding that they were a team that could help him try to win that elusive Stanley cup. It uh, tells you what, uh, from the eyes of a, you know, a, an opponent for many years, what he sees from the Capitals team. And I think he envisions them returning to the Stanley Cup glory that they had just a few seasons ago. So I think it's all positive. I think he's a terrific guy and I think he's a heck of a goaltender. And I think he's going to provide a lot of, uh, a lot of a, a, an emotional boost to the Capitals because when you're playing in front of a goaltender like that, I think you feel even added responsibility to try to make sure you bring your game to the best level you can get it to. One of the areas that the Caps also um, tried to fix and to help get better was their blue line, obviously, with Michael Kempney out six to eight months now with um, a a pretty serious injury. So the Caps added defenseman Justin Schultz. Do you think that's a good add for their blue line? I think he's a perfect fit as well. I think he did some really good things in Pittsburgh. It was kind of a, a shrewd move by Jimmy Rutherford when he picked him up from the Edmonton Oilers when a lot of people thought that uh, he was going to end up on the uh, discard heap. So he he performed (laughs) extremely well there. And um, he's got great offensive abilities, which fits the Capitals. He can help on the power play. He is a right-handed shooting defenseman, which will help them as well. And uh, I think he's got a lot of uh, offensive upside. I think the Penguins just ran out of room and could no longer afford to keep him. Right. But he will, he'll be a the guy that fits in seamlessly in Washington, especially with a, a team that likes to play the game in the offensive zone. And that's where Schultz is making his money. Keith Jones joining us from a Costco parking lot. I do appreciate you taking the time to join Real Fun Sports as you're getting your errands done. Um, one last question for you. You played most of your career here uh, in Washington for the Washington Capitals, over 250 games. Do you have a favorite memory of playing for the Caps in your time here? Uh, I guess my favorite one, and I, I know talking to your dad earlier, uh, just mentioning Steve Walchuk's name. <laughs> I, I have a funny story about Kano and I. Really, we played a game. We were both down in the American Hockey League playing for the Baltimore Skipjacks, and uh, the Capitals had had a bunch of injuries, and I think it's 92 the start of the 92-93 season. And Kano and I were trying to make our mark, and both of us were hopeful that we would get called up. He actually played one game the previous year, but uh, we both uh, had our eyes set on making the caps. There was some players hurt. There was a couple of guys struggling, including Kevin Miller, who had uh, come over in a trade for Dino Cicerelli. And the game that Kano and I played against Utica was in Baltimore. We lost 10-8. to and I was a minus seven in the game. Oh, boy. And I, re- I remember thinking, I don't think I'm going to get called up now, right? So that ended up being the last game that I played in Baltimore, though. So I got a phone call the next night, about 1130, from David Boyle, who was the general manager at the time. And he was calling me from Vancouver, where the Capitals and the Canucks were playing a game at that time. And he told me, uh, you know, we've got another injury. Mark Hunter just broke his thumb. Uh, you're going to be called up tomorrow and you're on a flight from BWI at 6.30 in the morning. And I was like, all right, this is great. I'm getting, you know, <laughs> after that minus seven performance, it was a nice call to get. So I arrived at the airport and sure enough, I look over and there's Kano. 
he's getting called up at the same time. So we're both uh, getting on a flight to head to Calgary and neither of us, of us knows and have been told if we're actually going to play that night against the Flames. So we both are kind of talking about it on the plane, ended up taking the pregame uh, morning skate. Still no word from Terry Murray, the head coach. He told us to go get a rest. He's not sure if he's going to play us or not that night. And we both arrived at the game to see our jerseys in the, in the locker, in the stall. And, uh, you know, I can remember looking over at him as we both put them on. My, me, in this case, for the first time, and Kano had done it once previously. Uh, but we both played that night against Calgary and then stayed up the rest of the year and kind of stayed with the Caps together for, I guess, the next five years or so before I was traded to Colorado. So that was probably, when I look back on it, at it, the greatest memory that I have just because I wanted to play so badly right. in the NHL and I got the chance to do it. Right. Well, now you're heavily involved in broadcasting, um, working for the Philadelphia Flyers and NBC Sports as their analyst. Um, I do just have to say this, well, or, or my dad told me to write this in my notes that you're the second best analyst in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's right. He's right. Now, remember, he was covering me when I played and I still owe him because he lied a lot about how well I was playing, but I really wasn't. So I'm returning the favor to multiple players that are playing in front of me for the Flyers, too. So always good to be the home broadcaster uh, because uh, you can see everything with rose-colored glasses. And your dad always did that for me, and I appreciate it. That's awesome. Well, Keith Jones, Jonesy, thank you so much for joining us on Real Fun Sports. And, hey, happy shopping at Costco. Um. Kirkland's Costco vodka happens to be really good. Uh, I know your dad told you that. <laughs> yes, he likes that with his uh, large, uh, what he puts, orange juice and a little splash of cranberry and ginger ale or something like that. I don't know, whatever his concoction is of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a creative guy. Uh, we'll catch up with you later. Thanks. He is. All right, thank you so much for joining us. See, Kelly, everybody wants to join Real Fun Sports. It doesn't even matter where they are. What a world that we're living in that is like it's completely acceptable to do an interview from the parking lot of Costco, <laughs> right? Like this is this is our new normal. <laughs> Yeah, before it'd be like, okay, like even like now with like different backdrops and everything. Um, now it's just like, okay, I, at first, because it was like, so it was in, it was this morning at like 930. There was all this like smog and like, he just could, I could just see like the air. And I, I thought for a second, he was like at a lake house. And I was like, where are you? Like you on vacation? Somebody was like, no, I'm just in the Costco parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, I will have to also say, talk about how things are a little bit like outdated now from that interview that I did this morning at 930. So I just have to say that that was the old set. And now I have this new fancy set. If you're watching um, the video, because my dad came down because he was the one that helped me uh, get this interview with Jonesy. And he was talking to Jonesy on uh, camera with me before I started the interview. And afterwards, he's like, oh, how'd it go? And I was great. He's like, yeah, um, we got to get you another set. And I was like, okay, like now? He's like, yeah. He's like, let's figure it out right now. He's like, that just like the one dimensional cast banner's got to go. And I was like, okay. So talk about, I mean, yes, we live in a world um, where now everything is like outdated within hours. Yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and your your set looks great back there. I see a pair of skates. Are those your first ice hockey skates? That they are. are. There? Yes, That's they are. Cute. Those right there, some of my old hockey skates. Um, I believe those are Rod Langway's uh, gloves. Um, just some other. I actually got a comment on Twitter already about I need. I this is, people are just Kelly. People are so investigative. They talk about talk about Max Scherzer selling his house and what they mean. Yes. And now they see this like. Montreal Canadian figurine all the way in the back on the second shelf from the top and people are like where did that come from who is it and I'm like I was literally texting my or talking to my dad as we were off camera trying to figure out um where that came from so I didn't know people were that investigative but I guess they are but oh yeah yeah they are <laughs> I have one thing that's uh, uh, my, the back behind me that it that only five exist in the country we believe and Nats fans when they see it they lose their minds because I have the the uh, never release worth bobblehead that's on the top shelf there. I remember you telling me that story. Yes. Oh, so, so you got a bottle of wine there. I like that idea. Oh uh, yeah, it's empty. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's from the Stanley Cup. It's from the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I so. reckon that's the Manos wine, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. See, that's a really good idea. And like, I'm great proximity that I can just like go back and reach back there. Oh, but yeah. yours is empty. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have one from the Nats too. They did one for the Nats when they won, and that also is empty. <laughs> of course, it is. Um, actually, it was actually like kind of fun to set this up. Yeah. Um, totally. with all like the sports memorabilia, because like, what do you do with it, right? And now I feel like during this pandemic, it's like the perfect time to like display it in a cool way. Yep, for all to see. I'm thinking about the wine though. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> and can I like? Put a little fridge down there. I don't know. We're going to yes. have to see. I'm going <laughs> to have to see what I can do to kind of spice this up. Um, Kelly, great show today. I think we had a lot of fun. Um, happy that, again, there were a lot of um, sports topics to talk about. Um, I guess we will. Is the schedule for game two out yet? Yes. For the yes, World Series. Tonight. Tonight. Oh, it's tonight. Wonderful. Yeah, they're just off tomorrow for, I don't know, because it's Thursday. Okay. I think it's because of Thursday night football and the debate. Yes. <laughs> That's a yeah, they're probably not going to get any viewers. With, yeah. And you already said that their viewership was down. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got game two of the Tampa Bay Rays and the L.A. Dodgers tonight. Um, and then they have an off day tomorrow. So next week when we convene, we, we may have a World Series champion. Ooh, wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah. It, what would be even cooler is if it was the Tampa Bay Rays, since I know that's been a big story since the Tampa Bay Lightning won their Stanley Cup. Um, it would be really cool to see a city win two championships, especially during this crazy year. Yeah, and they've got they're doing pretty well with their football team with with Tom Brady. So trifecta. It, you know, only in twenty twenty would Tampa Bay be in. <laughs> I mean, out of all the places in all the world, Tampa Bay is where it's at. All right. Well, you guys can join us next week. Wednesday, we'll be live here again at one o'clock. We could be talking about a World Series champ. Um, don't know what else will be happening around the NHL, but it doesn't seem that um, there's a lack of news, I guess. Seems like things keep popping up. I want to thank our special guest, Keith Jones, Jonesy, for joining us today. And for everybody watching, you can go back and you can check this on Real Fun Sports Podcast, anywhere that you get your podcast, and you can tune in live on Wednesdays at one o'clock. We will be back here Next Wednesday for Kelly Mookie Collis <laughs> and Courtney Lachlan. Thanks for watching Real Fun Sports presented by Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. They bring excitement to Southern Maryland. Head to their website, princefrederickdodge.com. We will see you guys next week. 
At Prince Frederick Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, they always treat my family like family. And Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram will do the same for you. They bring excitement to Southern Maryland. Welcoming cap superstars, baseball and football players. Popping up a beach party in their parking lot. They make the holidays bright for everyone and extra special for some with Toys for Tots. Now, Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram brings Southern Maryland excitement to you. We've delivered as far as Massachusetts so far. Anywhere, anytime, we're open for delivery. We can pick your vehicle up, car will be repaired, brought back to the home, sanitized again, contact free. The biggest thing that everybody's thinking about is how can I be safe? How can I still get my vehicle? How can I choose a new vehicle? You know, we have everybody sitting at home. It's kind of fun to look at a new car. We're pre-owned. Visit Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram at PrinceFrederickDodge.com or come see them on Route 4 South in the heart of Prince Frederick. And thanks to Crop Metcalf. Not sure your home's cooling system is going to make it through the rest of the season? Call Crop Metcalf today and ask about special installation and service financing plans, including six months of no payments on qualifying service calls. Visit CropMetcalf.com to schedule an appointment. Crop Metcalf, home of the five-star technician.